Amen. I want us to open our books to the to the Bible, to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 25. We will read from verse 8 to, to about 13. <coughs> and thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Maybe you can use the simple, simpler version. I'm using KJV, but they can also look at the simpler version. Verse 9. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout your la- all your land. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land. Unto all the inhabitants thereof, it shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the, in the year of this jubilee, you shall return every man unto his possession. And Luke chapter 4, if we go to Luke chapter 4, from verse 18 to 19. Today we don't have the notes in the bulletin, and because I, I did it purposely, Sometimes we come to church and we just want to li- know we just don't write anything. When you write, it's powerful because it helps you to remember and you need to refer back. Today, the things I will teach about, you need to write. So I expect you, if you're, you know, to find a paper or notebook and pen so that you can be writing. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 19, from verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Ashes, can you please close the door? Today I don't want anyone to be disturbed, so please just let the door closed. I believe more people have come. We don't expect me. If they are coming, then they will be very late. Uh, amen. So we are going to talk about the word of God tells us about the Jubilee. And I think Pastor once mentioned a week ago, two weeks ago, you know, if you know, if you follow the Jewish calendar, that 2016 is a Jubilee year. As we read from the background in Leviticus, it was a Jubilee year where they would have seven, seven times seven Sabbaths, which means 49 years. Then after the 49 years, then God declared that the 50th year is a Jubilee year. And in that Jubilee year, they were supposed to celebrate. Jubilee means celebration. It's a year, it was a declared a year of rest where the people were going, it was just going to be a year of rest, no planting, no farming. They were just going to take some rest and was saying God was going, they were going to be set at liberty. Those that were owing, that whatever, if they were having no debts or what, 
That was a year when they were going to be forgiven. So even we see at times like the American system, they followed that, they still followed that, that there is a year where they proclaim, you know, that deaths are free, people are freed. It's a, a jubilee year where, no, where, where people are, are set at liberty. Those that have been owing a year of rest, no farming, no planting, but just resting in the Lord. Amen. So it was declared, and this year, if in according to that, you know, to the jubilee, to the Jewish calendar, 2016 is a year of jubilee. And like what the pastor was mentioning the other time, and for us, we are in the 12th year, a year of perfection. And this is the vision that we are running with as the church. And we have been saying, you know, it's a season of being rooted and grounded. And one of the things we need to key in, you know, to, to uh, why it's important for us also to key into this Jew, to this cal to this calendar, to this moment. You know, it's, it, there's a spiritual significance of the things that happen to the Israelites, to the Jewish calendar. Amen. And we are king in, as children of God, we are heirs of the kingdom. Amen. We are heirs of the kingdom. Amen. And Jesus Christ, yeah, when he came, even they say when, the, when he proclaimed that scripture, that year was also a year of jubilee. That says the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has sent me to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to those that are oppressed, to heal, to deliver, to preach. And he came to, in uh, that time when you look into the dates and the calendars, it was also a year of jubilee. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this is a, a period, a season, we're talking in the search, the scriptures, that the sons of Issachar, they understood the times. So for you as a child of God, it's wise for us to understand the times and to tap into those times. Amen. And it means something for us being set at liberty. Amen. To be made free. Amen. When the oppressed are, are delivered, when you go free, even for us in our lives as children of God, Sometimes there are things in our lives that are keeping us oppressed. Amen. Where we are under bondages. Amen. And then this year is a year I'm going to declare to us that is also a year of liberty for us to be set free. Amen. We are tapping in into that season. So this is what I want you to have in mind today. That this is my season. This is my time to be set free. To be delivered. Whatever you may have been going through. Whatever has been binding you. It's a time. It's a moment for you to be delivered. Amen. And many a times as children of God, we come to the Lord and we expect everything to be okay. But we still struggle. Why? Because there are some things, there are some altars that have been made. There are some things that were done even while we were children. There were some things, even when you were still new, you didn't know. When you were in your mother's womb, sometimes you went through some attacks. And by the time you were born, you were already under bondage. And today, I want you to say, today is my day. Today is my day. If there has been anything that is, that is binding you, today I'm trusting God that you are going to be delivered. Praise the Lord. So the Jubilee year was a year of rest, and it was declared financial freedom. It was also a year where slaves were being freed. It was also a year where you recovered lost things. It was a season of mercy and peace. So I'm tapping into that season of mercy and peace. A year of recovering. Maybe there are things that you have lost. Maybe you have lost some time. You have lost money. You have lost things which you look at back and you, you look and you regret. But God can restore. Amen. 
Obadiah 1.17 says, Upon Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and the people of God shall possess their possessions. It is the year, it is the moment, it is the season for us to possess our possessions. Amen. But before we, are, we go on to do that, I want us to have an understanding of what it means to be bound. You know, many times a church, some churches, they never preach or teach about these things. And many Christians, they live in ignorance. So I'm going to focus on one area, on ways, you know, how we, get in, how we fall into bondage. What are the points? What are the legal rights? What are the entry points that you end up being for, you know, finding yourself under bondage? And I'm going to discuss several things about that. Amen. And also, uh, uh, if we go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, maybe you can beam it for, uh, for me. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spirit, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this scripture tells me that there are principalities, there are powers, there are rulers of that in, in this world, in the, you know, in the spiritual realm. Things that we see, some things we see in the physical, but these things, a lot of things begin in the spiritual. And if you don't understand as a child of God, you will suffer and continue to live you know, in bondage, not knowing where, how to address. And it's very important for you, if God is going to deliver you and free you, it's very important to understand what was the entry point. How did you now fall into this bondage? What was the legal right? And as it tells me, you know, the word demons, demons are there. That's what I want to tell you. If you thought, ah, people talk about demons and all that things, and you think that it doesn't happen, demons are there. And all over. It's not only in Africa, Asia, where demons are. Demons are all, all over. Even here in Europe, demons are there. There are spirits, there are rulers, even rulers who rule in Wachningen. There are spirits or things that happen which you can, you know, which you cannot say, only these things are happening in Wachningen. If you live in Bonsastek, I think every year you hear somebody drops themselves by the, by, by, by the, you know, they go whatever into 28th and they drop themselves, commit suicide. It's because there is a, now it's already a trend, because there's already a ruler who is ruling there. So much that you just, hey, you have a slight problem or what? If you keep on entertaining that thought, that problem, the spirit will just take over and you, you find yourself saying, I want to commit suicide because there is a principality, because there is a ruler, there is a power there who is in, in charge of that. And if you are not careful, that ruler, that principality, that power, it can easily capture your mind. Amen. So demons are there. Demons, are what, are, what are demons? What are they? Maybe you've just heard about demons. Demons, they are persons without bodies. And they are seeking for a physical body. So these are these, they are personalities without bodies. They have their own characteristics and whatever. They all have different kinds and forms. And one thing for sure is that they are they don't they are embodied. They have no body. So what they want is somewhere to go and stay in, and then they take control. Like when the Lord Jesus Christ you know, casted that that man who had many demons legion, they said, so where can we go? If you know the story, they say, where can we go? And then they, he said, you now send them into the swine, into the pigs. And the moment they went into the pigs, then the pigs rushed into the water. Because they need a body somewhere to stay. So they want to, they are looking around. 
So anyone who is open, anything, then they can just find someone. They, will, they, they, they come in and they stay there and they start to control that person. And you wonder, there are some things which are so unnatural, which people do, which you wonder, why? How come? This person struggles with this addiction. He can't control, he can't help himself. And sometimes in church as well, people are suffering and are struggling silently. Because they don't understand why do I go through this issue? Why do I suffer? Why do I keep having these cravings? And you feel ashamed to say it. But because there is a ruler, there is a power, there is a demon operating in you. And you, if you don't know, then you keep on struggling. You keep on struggling. You don't know what to do, but there is a power, there is something that is controlling you. You wonder how you can't control. You know, things like sexual desires. There are some people who just, these sexual desires... It keeps coming, it keeps coming to the point they can't control it. Some go on to the point of raping someone. Because they just have this, it's become so uncontrollable. But because there was already a demon, a sexual demon that is already reigned in, the, in that person. Amen. So demons, they are evil spirits. Like our Lord Jesus Christ, he termed them evil spirits, unclean spirits. Amen. And they are also intelligent and wise. What they do is that... You know, they have power, but they don't have authority. The devil, the thing he does is he has power, but he doesn't have authority. And our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has all the authority. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And us as children of God, once we come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we have that power and authority and we can use it to protect ourselves. So what demons do is they study, they read they read your actions, your, you know, the things you think, then they see, okay. You know? You can start something just easily. You say, ah, let me just watch this pornography and what, what. And they read it, then they already see, okay, you just have an interest in this. By the moment you see, oh, it becomes an everyday thing. Ah, every day, let me go do, you keep on. You end up, you can't stop the pornography because now there's already a spirit that is, is now, now come in, it's now controlling. Because they read the, the whatever, the situation, the minds, and they try to, you know, they see what, what, what is the pickup. You just become curious about something, about an occultic thing, you know. Some of us, we are still following those horoscopy things. You know, those things are, are, are devilish. You can, as a child of God, you cannot go, keep on going to read those stars. I remember before I got born again, I knew I would say my, my star was what, Pisces or what, and I would go read, and then it would tell you, ah, this month, this, this, this is going to happen. And you become bound. You keep on every week, every month, you want to see what is going to, you know, and already it starts to control you. You keep on wanting to go and read, to go and see. Already there's a spirit behind it, it starts to control. Amen. So what they want, you know, John 10, verse 10, we were saying, we, we were read it also during the, the search, the scriptures. What the devil just wants is to steal, kill, and destroy. They want to entice, they want, you know, to torment. Demons, all they want is to torment, to entice. They want to, you know, just to just enslave somebody. That's what the devil's, you know, is. And in the end, the, speed, the end of it is that to make, to die. Because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. And Jesus Christ came so that we may have life and have it abundantly. And let, Lord, let not those spirits be controlling us. Amen. So demons, they defile people. That is, they are the, what they want. 
But what we know is the devil has been subjected to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ disarmed him. He dethroned him. When he went on the cross, to Colossians 2 verse 15. Verse 15 and 16 or 14 if I'm... It says, when he went on the cross, he made a public spectacle of them. So we do not need to be afraid of these demons, whatever, these things. Because our Lord Jesus Christ, he conquered them already. He disarmed them. He dethroned them. We just need to know and to understand the authority and power that we have, which is through our Lord Jesus Christ. And victory is ours. And victory is ours. Amen. The word of God says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That is the thing. What the devil wants is wants you to remain in ignorance. And then he can continue to manipulate you. He can continue to control you. But once you know the truth, John 8, 32, the truth will set you free. Amen. If we see in Mark chapter 9, verse 21, when the Lord Jesus Christ, when he cast out a demon in a boy, in verse 21, Today I will need you to be very fast. I'm going to rely on you. Mark chapter 9, verse 21. So Jesus asked, he says, So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. But what is what's really also interested me is Jesus Christ asked, How long has this been happening to him? He, he, he wanted to know when did it start? What was the point? What was the entry point? So for you to have the victory to conquer these demons, these powers that can be ruling your life, you need to know what was the entry point. What is it that the devil, the demons they use, that they have a legal right? It's also called a legal right. It's like an entry point, the way that they enter through your life, that they can, for Christians, it's either the demon can be in you or it can influence you. And there are things or situations that can make us, you know, be under the influence of demonic powers. Amen. So I'm going to discuss some several things, about 14, 14 points, which I'll just go through, which can be entry points for these spiritual forces to reign through our lives. But what I want you to know is that it is a year of liberty. And Jesus Christ came to set us free. And I'm going to share this point so that you at least, you know, the Holy Spirit can speak and inspire it to you. What was the entry point in your life? If you need to be delivered, what was the area? Amen. So that you can be free and you can serve God faithfully and have life in abundance. Because all they want is to torment you, to take away your joy, to take away your peace, to, be, to make you stressed. There's a lot of depression and stress which goes, most of it is because of demons. Demonic forces. You become sad and something and then the spirit just finds a way to enter. And then the depression goes and goes up until to a point you want to commit suicide or what. Amen. I know counseling is there, but there are times also there are issues which need deliverance, not only counseling. No matter if you are oppressed, under oppression, no matter how much you may go for counseling, but some issues you just need a prayer of deliverance. You will need to know what was the entry point, what is the legal right, and then you address that spirit, that demon that is operating through your life. Amen. Number one, entry point I would say is habitual practice of sin. Habitual practice of sin. Amen. Sin is sin. You know, I'm not trying to say, you know, 
to, to limit that word. Sin is sin. And as children of God, whatever, since the day we were born, I think we've all committed some sin somewhere, somehow. But when we continuously live in sin, then it becomes a problem. When you continue to live in sin continuously, it becomes an entry point for demonic forces, demonic powers to control your life. Amen. And today, you know, people want to say, they want to classify sin in all kinds. Oh, I have this weakness. Oh, I have issues. Oh, she has issues around this. And uh, sin is sin. <laughs> sin is sin. I had a dream and I was seeing a garbage bin. You know, those gray garbage bins which we see. And somehow in the dream, a voice just told me that sin is dirty. This weekend, I've been praying about this same message. Told me sin is dirty. And sin attracts demons. So you start, you know, it can start as a thought. And you begin to play with that thought. You begin to entertain it until you end up in sin. A sexual desire, how you can end up in sexual sin, it starts, you can start as a thought. Oh, you see an attraction. Or you, you begin to imagine all kinds of things. You entertain it. Up until you end up, if you are a married person, you commit adultery. Or if you are a single person, you are into fornication. Or all kinds of things. Just an example. Amen. So until you call sin a sin and you repent, then God can free you. Amen. The remedy for this entry point is for you to, to repent. First John 1 verse 9 says, if we, you know, if we come to him in repentance, he is faithful and just to forgive us. But God desires true, genuine repentance from us. If you're in repentance, it doesn't mean only confession you know, and asking for forgiveness, but it means turning away, turning away from the sin. Amen. Turning around from the sin. When you allow unholy thoughts, you know, things, you know, it can end up being an entry point. Amen. So we need to be careful, beloved, as children of God. God requires that we live a holy life. Then number two is sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Anything, any sexual relationship a person has, which is outside of marriage, there is transference of demons. So I want you to know, if you didn't know, any sexual relationship which is out of marriage, there is transference of demons. So spirits that torment that person and you, when you come together outside marriage, because what the word of God says is sex is for to be done in marriage. That's when there is spiritual cover. So any sexual relationship which is now outside of marriage, it opens you up to attack. Amen. Like I said, it's a serious matter today. I'm going to say some very true things. And at times, sometimes we, become, we have become so casual Christians that we just live anyhow. We just say, oh, I'll come back to God. But you don't know there are things, some sins you commit which have after effects. You repent, but there are also th you have to go a step further to denounce and renounce some things. Amen. When there's no marriage, so know that no marriage covenant, no spiritual co covering when it comes to sex. Amen. So there are some sexual practices which opens up to demonic attack. So like I said, adultery, if you are a married person, you know it says the marriage bed should not be defiled. So if you are a married person, you go out, then you are defiling your marriage bed and you are inviting demons. If you are a single person, not married, it's called fornication. Then also we know these days there's homosexuality. Yes, the law is legalized, but before God, if you read the word, 
it's not allowed. Then there are also demons that are transferred through that. Amen. There are some things also related to that, which, you know, like abortions. Abortion is a human sacrifice, they say, to the God of self. Whether you have done it knowingly or unknowingly, but you have opened yourself to attack. Abortions involves blood, so it's a serious matter. The devil has a hold, a right on your blood. So that's why when they've done and you need to know to come a point where you confess and renounce it before God because it opens you to demonic attacks. Amen. And next point. And also sometimes, also to let know, some people they dream having sex. You have sexual dreams a lot. It's not right, you need to be delivered. Where demons attack you in the night sexually, you know, you need to be delivered. Even going through tonight, you know, today I'm saying it's a good day. I have my team here prepared to be praying for people. Today is a good day. Desire that you will go free. Desire that you will go free. Amen. If you are having sexual dreams, we should, uh, you need to, it should not happen to you as a child of God. You should not be dreaming of having all those kinds of sexual things. It has to come to an end. And God, I've seen God deliver people who have gone through it. God is faithful. Amen. So that's also one sexual thing that needs to be done. And people struggling with pornography. Pornography is also a very strong entry point for demonic attack. Pornography has to stop. It's not right. And you can be delivered. Amen. The reason why times you do it and you, you try to stop alone, because already there's been a spiritual force now that is controlling so then you need an extra hand. You need to pray, somebody to help you pray and deliver you. Amen. Things like masturbation, they also open us to demonic attacks. Because of time, I shall have to just rush through. Then third is fear. Fears or phobias. The word of God says, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For you have not been given the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Fear opens us to demonic attack. Fear is the opposite of faith, and God requires that we live in faith, not in fear. If you look at your life, how many things have you not done because of fear? And once you start to fear, and then the spirit of fear, demon of fear, it enters, and then it tries to control you. Anything you want, you fear. Anything. Some people even scream, whatever, in the night or what, or anything they're afraid of, darkness. If we switch off lights, some will start to run away and all that. Fear, it is an entry point to demonic attacks. Amen. Fear is a perversion of God's imagination. And faith is God's imagination. We need to live and walk by faith. The word of God says, the just, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith, not in fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. First, Second Timothy 1 verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Fear is based upon your imagination. It also starts as a thought. You begin to imagine things. Have you never noticed? You begin to imagine, you start to fear. You just begin to imagine things. And, and then the, the, the devil takes control. So you should not live in fear. As a child of God, if you have been living in fear, you have been fearing things, you can't do anything because of fear, I promise you today the Lord is going to deliver you. Amen. Let's go to Job 3 verse 25. Fear carries torment. That's what even the word of God says. Fear carries torment, but perfect love casts out fear. 
You know, when you live in fear, you live under torment. I've noticed the moments you are fearing, you don't like the feeling, but you notice it's, just, it's coming. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Keep going. I'm not at ease, nor am I quiet. I have no rest for trouble comes. Okay, it's all right. So you see that I'm not at fear, I'm not quiet. Some people are living like that. There is no quietness, no peace of mind. It's all fear, you're not at rest. And here Job would say that the thing I feared has come upon me. Because you begin to imagine. Some sicknesses come because of fear. You eat something, oh, I'm going to be afraid, I'm going to get sick, and you will get sick. You start to fear disease, oh, am I, is this, and then I'll get this, and you will get it. You will get it, amen. But when you live in faith, Faith is like the gateway to heaven, and fear is the gateway to hell. Amen. Fear means there is absence of authority. It means you are not exercising your authority. And God requires that we exercise our authority, which is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <laughs> then number four is works of the flesh. There are, all, there are many kinds. There are works of the flesh, which I mentioned in Galatians 5, but I'll just mention some. A few like jealousy. First Samuel 18. Because of time, I'll just give you some scriptures. Please write and then you can read it further. This is very important. At times you might want even to share with somebody. You will minister to them when you have, you know, it's important to take notes. So jealousy, like, you know, so, uh, like the relation that was now there between Saul and David. When, they, when the women were shouting, oh, David killed the, Saul killed the thousand, David thousand and thousand. And then a spirit, the spirit of jealousy now, you know, it now started to operate in Saul, and he wanted to kill. Jealousy leads to anger and murder. So you will start to just, oh, you feel, you see this sister, oh. You know, this it opens to a, a spirit of competitiveness. People who are jealousy, they are very competitive. This one, I want, to, I want to challenge him. I want to be better than him. He bought this, I want to look better. And you don't know, and people who are jealousy, they beg bites. They are so negative about the person. You kill the person, you know? You kill the person. No, now we, we, you might not go and stab them, but you stab them with the words that you say. You kill their character because of jealousy. So jealousy opens to demons to, demons to attack us. Amen. And also self-pity. Jesus Christ healed people out of compassion, not out of self-pity. There are some people who are looking for self-pity. Oh, touch me. Oh, bless me. Oh, you know, they demand so much attention. And the devil notices that weakness. Huh? He says self-pity was nailed upon the cross. We need to be in compassion, not to believe in under self-pity. And people who have that, you know, you start to have the spirit of manipulation. You want to manipulate you end up here looking for the P, you are looking for the attention of that brother. Ah, if you can only, oh, this attention. In the end, their brother falls with you because, because they were feeling sorry for you and then they end up in sin. Amen. <laughs> Another very important legal right entry point is soul ties. Number five, soul ties. A soul tie is a relationship which you are either rightfully bonded or subjected to bondage. Soul ties can be godly, and they can also be ungodly soul ties. <coughs> Amen. Like Jonathan and David, if you read in the Bible, that was a godly soul tie. And look at Samson and Delilah, that was an ungodly soul tie. That soul tie, it, it ended up undermining the anointing of Samson. 
because it was an ungodly soul tie. You can have soul ties to people, with people, with things, and with places. Look at the wife of Lot. He had a soul tie with Sodom and Gomorrah. When God says, move, go, do not turn around, but she still had a soul tie with Sodom and Gomorrah, and she turned around and she became a pillar of salt. So it can also happen in our lives where God is desiring you to move on from that place and go, and you still have a soul tie. You say, Lord, I will not leave this place. And you don't, you know, your purpose in life, your destiny, you don't achieve destiny because of an ungodly soul tie with a place or with things. Sometimes we even go into these relationships, you know, even some relationships which are ungodly, where you are given rings, you are given, sometimes, you know, it's even, you know, our private uh, clothing, underwears, what, what, and you still keep them. And those ki things keep you tied to that relationship. Amen. So as children of God, when you've come out, when you've known some of those things, they need to be bent or throw away or sell. Amen. Why do you need to cut it off? Cut off every ungodly soul tie. Some, some of these relationships are demonic or the other person is just taking control of you. If the word of God says in 1 Corinthians 6, 16, also some of that, so this issue of relationships, even sexual relationships, it becomes soul ties. Some people before they married, they married three times, four times, and they've had different men and women, and they are tied. It says, you who, you who well, please, you have to be fast. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 16. It says, you who is sexually attached to a harlot or a prostitute becomes one with a prostitute. So when you just go about changing relationships, having sexual, you create soul ties with all these people. And those soul ties, they can be an entry point for demonic attacks. Amen. So you need to renounce and break every soul tie. Amen. Then also the other entry point is trauma. Six, number six. Sometimes we go through a lot of trauma. Emotionally, maybe you lose a very close person. They passed away. You know, you never thought of it. You know, they never got sick. And it affects you so much emotionally. You have an emotional trauma. It weakens you. You know, it weakens your soul. You feel so down. And that's the also another way then demons, then they, they enter. We need, you know, the Bible, why we need to weep with hope. Whatever we go through, sometimes maybe it can be an accident, it can be physical trauma, but you go so much, through so much trauma that it weakens you emotionally, and then it gives also, it can be an entry point also for demonic attack. Amen. Then seven, can also, there can also be an attack in the womb. Like I was saying, where there is, where there is a, a relationship, a sexual relationship, a pregnancy, and there is no spiritual covering, that's where also a, an attack can happen to the child. Have you ever seen there are some children who say, no, this child is possessed? Because it came from the womb, the child was born under the attack. So we need to be careful, um, children of God, our relationships, how we all, where it needs, we have going, when things, if we have made a mistake, then make it right. Repent, ask God for forgiveness, the covering of the blood of Jesus, and those with children, we need to pray for our children. Break any attack that happened, maybe in the womb, or sometimes you went through trauma even during that pregnancy, which opened attack even to the child. Amen. Like what this child, she says, when Jesus Christ says, when did we, it start happening? You remember the father said, from childhood. So it, was, it could, could have been that the child was just born. She had that attack, that demonic attack, which already started to control him. And then addictions. Addictions are also things that open us up. 
Uh, some addictions can be chemical or demonic, but whichever way they open us to, to attacks by the enemy. You know, you can become addicted to drugs. You know what, alcohol, too much alcohol, these things, because they weaken your soul. Remember, people who are drunk, the way they think it slows them down, and the Satan finds an entry point. Amen. Are you still with me? Then number nine, occult or witchcraft. Sometimes we do, people have done demonic vows, either knowingly or not knowingly. You know, these coins or witches, they, for you to enter, you, there are some rituals which are done. Sometimes even parents do rituals on behalf of their children. So you need to check your growing up. Even the things that were being done, things that you were being given. Sometimes they would do rituals. You used to know some, some gatherings which you didn't understand where they do all kinds of vows. And those things, they will have a hold on you. And as a child of God, you need to repent, renounce those things, and ask the blood of Jesus to cover you. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ warns us not to make any vows. If anyone tries to make you, forces you to make a vow which you do not understand, don't do it. Vows that are allowed are like vows for marriage when you get married. But other vows which you don't understand, it's better you refuse. Amen. Then ancestral sins or generational cases, number 10. Exodus 20, verse 5. And also be prepared for Leviticus 26, 40 to 42. And Exodus 20, verse 5. Sometimes our ancestors, our grandparents, our parents, they enter into sins. They had some deeper sins which not only end with them, but they go from generation to generation. Like here, Exodus 20, verse I say, you shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealousy God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations, to of those who hate me. You see, it can go generations to generations. Maybe one ancestral way committed murder or what, and there, that it reaper, there's a repercussion going through generations. Amen. And how do you see these things when you look in your family, when you look in your sisters, your siblings, your brothers? Sometimes you will see a, stra- a trend. You can see things happening. You find that maybe each and every member of the family doesn't get married. Or they don't get children. Or once one gets married, they a certain number of years, then divorce. Or no one prospers. Everyone struggles. Everyone struggles. This one is struggling. This one is struggling. You look at this trend and you will see. It shows that there's something in the generation. Some ancestral things. And, <coughs> and we, as the children of God, what do we do? We ask for forgiveness on behalf of them. According to what we know, and God takes care of the rest. You can be yeah, Leviticus 26, 40 to 42. Repent and break every generational case. So that you could do not continue, you and your children, you do not continue to suffer the guilt, the issues that go through the line because of that sin which was done maybe by the ancestors. Some you even don't know. And it still follows you. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, and that they also have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. Amen. 
so you can go and confess the iniquity of our fathers, of our ancestors, and, and break every generational case. Amen. Then childhood rejection. Sometimes children, as a child, maybe went through rejection. It could be even from a parent. And that you find that there's just this spirit of rejection which operates in a child. And it leads to a like rebellion. The demon, when it starts operating, the child cannot say, you know, rebellious and all kinds of things. Amen. It can us open us up to attack. Amen. Then also cursed objects, which I once also talked about. You can have cursed objects, which I mentioned also in the soul ties. So like, tie, like no, you go to places, you, you see these statues, you like this, you buy this. I remember I had one sister, she went to one country, she bought this statue, she liked it, she put it in her house. And the moment she brought that statue in the house, there was trouble with her marriage. They never had peace. It like war broke in the house. Up and there, so she was praying. She was wondering why, why are things have gone like this? And up until one time, God showed her a revelation, and that that thing was talking in a house. And when she now researched, now found that this statue, it means it was a god of divorce. You know that you know, of separation. So the thing was working, it was speaking, you know, so it was casting, it was enchanting divorce in a house. That's why now there was no peace. So at the moment she knew, she destroyed it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And lastly, I'll talk of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one entry point to demonic attack. You choose not to forgive. Somebody hates you, you choose not to forgive. And if you read at home, Matthew 28, verse 23 to 35, it talks about unforgiveness and the effects of unforgiveness. If you don't forgive, God does not forgive you also. Then you don't have spiritual cover, and demons will start to attack you. You know you have bitterness. There are some people, you can get to 80 years getting bitterness. Ah, this one, what they did to me. And you don't want to forgive them. But I'll ask you today, if you're carrying bitterness, you're angry about somebody, forgive them. You will repent today. And not only that, you also take a step further. I want you to go and tell them that I've forgiven you. Even if it was 20 years or what, go and say, you give, you have to give a phone call, go and give them a phone call. Say, I've forgiven you for this, this thing that you have done. And ask God to, you know, ask God to forgive you and you, you, you refuse any bitterness. Ask God to heal you of any bitterness. Amen. Are you ready to be delivered? Are you ready to be set free? I want, you know, so there are some steps that I just want to share for us to be delivered, to be set free. Number one, you need to humble yourself. If you don't humble yourself, you can continue with your demon operating in you. You need to humble yourself. It's a matter of, like I've been sharing, maybe you've identified even an entry point in your own life. It's a matter of accepting, knowing that, you know, I've suffered because of this and this. I went through this and this. You can decide to be cool and live with your demon. That's what I'm saying. You understand me? I'm not joking. I'm saying you can decide to be cool. Oh, these church people, what did they? Yes, you can live with your demon. But if you want to be delivered, you need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself. Number two, make a decision to choose freedom. To choose freedom, not shame. It's not shameful to be delivered. Not shame. Some people when see things happen, they will look at. Well, there's no shame. It's it's You know when you when you come when you're freed. People. Some people will tell you. They tell you what the day I was freed. Even I when I walk, I feel light. Sometimes you feel heaviness, or even when you walk, whatever, because there are things that are you know controlling your life. So it's a you make a choice to choose freedom. 
you make a choice to choose freedom, not shame. You are not ashamed. Oh, what would this sister think? Amen. Repent and confess your sin. So full confession, genuine repentance. Like I said, First John 1 verse 9. If we repent, if we genuinely repent of, if you are living in any habitual sin, you know you commit this sin, you're always, you're always, but today, you know, I want you to repent fully with a genuine heart and you say, I will not go back to this thing again. Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Amen. Mention it by name. Don't say, ah, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Which sin? Even some sins that you have, you know, you need to mention them by name. Sins that have opened you to demonia, you need to mention it by name. So you need to genuinely repent. Forgive everyone that has hurt you. Like I've said, forgive them. Today, forgive them. Release them in your heart. I, when I see them, when I shall hear about them, I shall say, um, you know, I will not change road when I see them because I've forgiven them. Forgive them. Amen. Make it a statement. Lord, help me. If you, it's so hard, ask God. To, God, today, God will give you the grace. God will give you the grace to forgive that person. He can give you the grace. The reason why I have continued because you didn't, you don't want it. It's a choice you make. I choose to forgive. Amen. And cry out to the blood of Jesus. Ernest, can you come? Can you come to the keyboard? Cry out to the blood of Jesus. And please start to play. Cry out to the blood. Amen. There is power in the blood of Jesus. That's why he went on that cross. That's why he was hanged on that, on that tree. So that we can be delivered. The blood of Jesus washes us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. You can cry out to the blood. Amen. And I, now identify your entry point or the legal right. I hope as I've been talking, you've been searching, asking even the Holy Spirit will help you to see. There are times when you always say, oh, okay. I, this is, maybe you did something you even had forgotten, and suddenly it comes to your mind. You begin to know, I know I went to this place, or I went to this, this, what happened? Amen. And deliverance is for people who are desperate and hungry. So I want us to be on our feet. Deliverance is for people who are desperate and hungry. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Deliverance is for people who are desperate and hungry. Amen. The choice you make today to be delivered, it can affect your family, your generations, because you have broken something that has been running through the family. Amen. So you make a choice. Make a choice. And let's just begin to play as the Spirit leads you. Flow with me. Many choose reputation over the demons. Amen. And they are demons. Ah, what if? Huh? So let me tell you something, beloved. I'm not seeking for manifestations, you know? I'm not seeking for manifestations here. But sometimes things happen. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes things happen. At times you can cough, and that's why the, the demon goes. Some people will cough, cough, sneeze, sneeze a lot. Sometimes you will cry. Some people will go on the floor and roll on the floor. So that's why I'm saying if you choose say, oh, I'm, I, I can't go, I can't be on the floor, and you choose, you know, reputation, you can go back and go with, the, you know, whatever is attacking you. You just have to be open and let the Holy Spirit touch you. Let God deliver you. And you make a choice. So begin to pray even right now. Begin to pray and tell God that you want to be delivered today. Acknowledge the blood of Jesus. Begin to cry out to the blood of Jesus. And I want you to say no more to the devil. Say enough is enough. I want us to shout no more. No more. Enough is enough. <laughs> enough is enough. 
begin to pray, begin to repent, begin to mention that thing, begin to mention that sin. If there is any sin, mention it by name. Father, we worship you. Father, we glorify your name. 